Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say. Bucks in the basement. My name's Chris. His name's Craig. Finally, end up in a nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. Ready for a uh, ready for a festival for Pirates fans? Are Pirates fans <laughs> ready for the festival? I, are they are they are they pumped up for Pirates Fest? I mean, it's the oh my god! It's it's it, there's it's two different bath. sides to this. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm sorry. I mean, Look, I, they they there is more that needs to be done. They would have been better off just canceling this thing because. If you're not prepared as a member of the Pirates organization to take some guff from the fan base, then you shouldn't be there. Because, it, look, I am fine with how things have been built. I'm ex- excited about the potential of the next couple of years. I am dismayed by the offseason. I don't think the offseason's been good enough. And, it, it, look, I am, a, I am a realist. I understand the market's been crappy, right? Like, you see guys that are terrible pitchers, up-and-down pitchers, getting deals like what What did Lucas Giolito get? He got two years at around $20 million a year. He's not worth that, okay? Frankie Montas gets a one-year prove-it deal for $16 million? Come on. Like, I mean, like, like right now, the money being given out to starting pitching is so stupid. So you could make the argument that the Pirates, knowing that the marketplace was out of whack, at least took care of some things in case the market doesn't give them a possibility in the back end. And yes, they could add a pitcher. Yes, they could add a position player. Yes, they could not be done. But man, when they get to this festival, it is going to be a very unfinished offseason. And I, I don't know how they promise it's going to get better. So what, what's the message going to be? I mean, is the message going to be just be patient? Because nobody's going to want to hear that, <laughs> right? Chris, we've nobody's been patient. Nobody's going to want to hear it, man. We've been patient for so long, and 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 the things that you're saying are, are definitely right. But as I mean, when when Frankie Montas gets signed, it's officially a fourteen year fourteen million dollar deal for the first year, a two million dollar buyout. So it essentially is a one year, you know, sixteen million dollar deal because then there's a mutual option on the end. If he pitches well, he's going to opt out of it. If he pitches terribly, you know, they aren't going to pick that up. So, I mean, in the, in the essence, it's one year, $16 million. And he's a, he's a, a good pitcher at times. He was a good pitcher leading up to his injury, but you have a guy coming back from a shoulder injury, which we've seen a million times, not saying it's going to happen, but you see those shoulder injuries turn into elbow injuries, turn into forearm injuries, turn into oblique injuries. I mean, look, I mean, Luis Severino for the Yankees, and remember, he's now been signed to another one-year prove-it deal somewhere else in baseball, if I'm not mistaken, and he got money that didn't make any sense. Here's a guy who had exactly that trait. One injury, 
into another injury, into another injury, then got to pitch a little bit but wasn't that good, and just based on the potential gets himself that one-year prove-it deal that he got. And and it, it's for stupid money right now. Yeah. Like, at this point, I mean, look, realistically, Craig, if you put me in the front office of the Pirates right now, if if Ben Charrington and I are able to do a body swap, you know, and all of a sudden I've just entered, I've entered into Ben Charrington. I know that sounds dirty, but I've entered into Ben Charrington. <laughs> and everybody's walking around calling me Ben, but secretly it's Chris inside, right? Go see Bob. Turns out he really is that cheap, right? Go ask him for money. He laughs at me. He goes, you ask me every day. Laughs. Goes back to booking his next trip to that island where all the billionaires hunt people. Like, you know, it, it, that's just, that's what it's like on that first day. And I sit down and I look at what he has up to this point, what's going on in free agency. There's a lot of me that would be sitting around going, okay, well, what can we get within the budget that we have that will actually improve this team? And again, I don't think you get that like right now because of how stupid some of the contracts are. Like unless you have pro scouts that have identified a person that the rest of Major League Baseball is completely ignoring to this point, and you're able to go knock on that guy's door, and I don't even know if that guy exists, and you're able to say, hey, we're the Pirates. We'd like to sign you. And they go, wow, I really thought somebody else would knock on my door, but they didn't because I had this really bad metric, and we go, whoa. But we see this thing here, and we see this little hitch in your giddy up here, and we think we can fix this here. And we'd like you to sign with us. And we're so confident in our scouting and our ability to fix you. We're going to give you a two-year deal with a one-year club option. And the guy jumps at it, and it's within the range. That's probably the only thing they could do right now. Because anybody that believes in themselves in the free agent market who's a pitcher right now is like, well, I want Frankie Montas money. I want I want Lucas Giolito money. I'm as good as him, right? And and that's there's so many stupid deals being handed out for pitching. Yeah, and I look at uh, like even like last year with like say Mike Clevenger, what he get like one year eight million dollars with like. But a, it was an really option? it was really one and twelve. If you look at his his thing from last year, and that's why he's out, is that it was a one year eight million dollar deal on paper, with a ten million dollar deal I want to say for the option, right? But he could opt out with even if the team wanted him because I believe the White Sox said they wanted him, but it was a mutual option. He could opt out and get $4 million okay, and then go look for another contract. So to opt out after the first year meant that that one year was only worth 12 and he walks into a marketplace where right now he may be as valuable, if not more valuable than a Frankie Montas who just signed a $16 million deal. He actually outpitched, he actually outpitched Lucas Giolito. If you put them side by side on the same team last year, right? So now Clevenger's sitting there right now going, I did the, I did the perfect thing. I signed a deal. I refused my option, took $4 million for just saying I refused the option, <laughs> made the $8 million into twelve on a season it's already completed, and now I'm out here in this crazy marketplace, right? So, I mean, like, yeah. it, is, it is getting really stupid, and, and I'll be honest with you, Pirates fans, I, I, I believe it in my heart. Major League Baseball is going to become a question of the teams that can afford to go out and spend $20 million on a mid-rotation guy per year. That's that's all Lucas Giolito is. Lucas Giolito's a three on a good team. He's a three. You, you look at his stats and you try to tell me otherwise. Has he had one good year in there? Yeah. Has he had some bad ones? You bet he has. Okay. Is his whip sometimes worse than a 1.3? Yes. He is not a $20 million a year pitcher. It makes absolutely no sense to me. But if you're, if you're giving $20 million a year for mid-rotation guys, 
okay? And you're giving even more than that to top rotation guys. And your guys who are fifth starters are probably making $8 million to $10 million on prove-it deals. I don't know how the Pirates can feel the rotation realistically unless they get the majority of their pitching internally or through trades for guys that are controllable on better contracts. I don't think that – I think that some Major League Baseball teams will have to take the philosophy of our money is better spent for that last move or our money is better spent to keep guys that we believe in or our money is better spent – to go and get that one piece, whether it be a pitcher or it be a hitter in your lineup, where I think you could actually make the case that right now the 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 everyday players per dollar you're getting a better value on than you're getting with pitchers who deal with injuries and only pitch once every five days and are, and are so volatile. Your money is probably best invested in a position player than it is in a pitcher. And so the Pirates' most valuable thing and I think a lot of other teams are going to be doing this. I think that the, the, there's the haves and the have-nots. The have-nots are going to be sitting there saying, we need to gather as many pitching prospects as humanly possible and hope that one of them turns into a front-line top-end starter at the, at the top of our rotation and that we get a couple of years where he's controlled. And then we're going to have to fill in the back end with what we're able to afford in the free agent market. Right? It, it, it's, it, I, it's why Paul Skeens is so valuable right now to the Pirates. Like, yeah. Did you see, I was just looking at our fantasy baseball league. He's listed on the top 150 prospects in all, no, not top 150 prospects, top 150 dynasty players, major league players like Otani and prospects based upon their value to fantasy baseball. And fantasy baseball doesn't look at like what a guy's going to be like in five years. They're actually saying, could he actually do something for you this year? And what is he going to be in future years for you in, a, in your fantasy baseball system? And he's sitting in the top 100, actually. I think he's like 76 on that list. It's something stupid. And you're sitting there going to yourself like, they value him that much with the little amount of that he's had in the minor leagues because those guys taking a 10,000-foot look at like him and taking a look at what his potential is and looking at the Pirates are basically saying, he could be playing this year and he could end up being a top-end rotation guy and you should go gamble on that with your fantasy team. And that's the kind of guy that is more likely to be at the top of the Pirates rotation, far more likely than them going out and spending $30 million a year on a player. He becomes extremely valuable because you're filling in, waiting for guys like that to lead you to the promised land and hoping you have enough guys in your system where if he doesn't work out, somebody else steps in. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, 
lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold made for yins by a yinzer. And the piece of this that like kind of just sticks in my head is that I, I know we've talked about how Twitter and how everything isn't real, but just, just the outrage that comes when Frankie Montas gets his deal coming off of an injury. And then of course you talk down upon like a Marco Gonzalez who is also coming on off an injury and you're basically getting him for $3 million. Martin Perez, who's, you know, one year removed from, from an all-star, but is a, a very consistent pitcher who gives innings that you're getting for $8 million. I, I understand where the market is, but I also understand that if the market starts to go up and you have Aldi keeping their prices the same, there's times where, I mean, if I'm struggling for money for a week or two, I'm going to go buy some stuff at Aldi and I could possibly get the same value of it, the same taste, the same everything. So, I mean, I understand I would love the Pirates to spend and they have been attached to some players. I mean, the most recent one is Yariel Rodriguez, you know, the Cuban pitcher didn't do a lot uh, in the foreign leagues. He was pitching in the, uh, he was pitching out of the bullpen, but for Cuba uh, in in the World Baseball Classic, was starting to get stretched back out again. Um, does have some good stuff to him. I guess it looks like I've seen Toronto being the front runner, uh, but they see him more as a bullpen arm. So really the only thing going for the Pirates is that you know they may view him more as a starter, and that may be what he wants to do. But ultimately, it still comes down to the fact that you look at the Braves and how much they spent on Reynaldo Lopez to be a reliever. I mean, you could see Toronto, you know, missing out on on Otani and, and doing the same type of thing that they could be like, you know what, we're going to give you three years, $45 million, and you're going to sit in our bullpen. And if somebody gets hurt, you know, we'll bring you into the rotation it's not like it's not it's not an even playing ground like whatsoever. And no, I, I it's wish not. Look, look, there were all kinds of names on this list of of free agent pitchers going into the season that you're like, oh, this guy, he may have a bounce back, and you could get him at a value. But all of those guys were able to get these one year deals, right? Does Jack Flaherty got one? Frankie Montas got one. You know, Luis Severino got one. All these all these names got him. Even Lance Lynn at 37 gets a 10 million dollar deal. And he was just a launching pad for home runs last year. Just absolutely atrocious. I mean, Lucas Giolito, they're hoping he has a bounce back. He gets that two-year deal worth about $40 million. It's it's absolutely crazy the money that's being handed out to these guys. So, look, here's the question. You brought it up. Would you want the Pirates to invest $16 million? If you, if you knew how much money that Bob Nutting was going to spend, right, you had his budget in front of you. Let's say the pool. Let's say the pool is $50 million. Okay, which would be great right now. <laughs> well, I'll make, I will make it more real. Let's say he's got $30 million he's willing to add on. It should be a lot more, but let's just say he's got that. And you look at what this team needs. Would you put $16 million on Frankie Montas? Would you say that, that that's you want to put half of what Bob's supposed to add in there? Or if it is $50 million, you want to put in a third of what Bob's going to Bob's going to actually spend? Are you, are you willing to invest that much into him on a one-year deal where long-term – He's not going to be a part of your team because if he pitches well, he's going to go out and get more. And if he pitches poorly, you're not going to want him back. So you're really getting him as a one-year rental player 
because you're willing to invest that money because you think you can win a championship. No. Right? Like, no, That's you don't think you can win close. a championship. You're not a Frankie Montas away, right? You're not a Frankie Montas away. So the, the so that's the biggest that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue is that the owner, being a billionaire that doesn't spend a lot of money, has provided a small player a, a small amount of money for players, and then the general manager in the front office has to then determine is a Frankie Montas worth a one year rental at that amount of money. And I think anybody would sit there and say no. Like I, I guess if you're a rabid fan, you're like yeah. We can do it. You got to try. But I think I think what's more likely is that you have your limited amount of player money and you're sitting there saying, okay, well, we have several things that we need to address here and we may need to wait until, until the music stops and some of these pitchers don't have chairs and we find one of value within our range or two of value within our range or a pitcher of value and an outfielder of value. And, you know, and we go and we spend that money in that way. And maybe we get somebody that we really like either extended that's already on the team with the leftover money or we sign somebody for multiple years because we don't want to be going out every year and adding 10 guys to the 40-man on one-year contracts. So, like, that's that's unfortunately the yin and the yang of this entire thing is that you had you you if, if they're dealing if they, if Bob Nutting was increasing this payroll as he should by a hundred million dollars because now the the rebuild is over and it's time to invest in your team, okay? Then by all means, go out and sign yourself a couple of pitchers at twenty million dollars a year and let's start playing baseball. But unfortunately, this isn't because Ben Charrington doesn't want to go sign pitchers. It's because Bob Nutting isn't giving him enough money to go spend that way. So now he has to play this way in the free agent market, and that's why Pirates Fest should be a bloodbath. But it really should be a bloodbath at Bob Nutting. That's what I'm saying. And that's even if Bob Nutting shows up. And, and while you were speaking, Chris, the the, the big piece that like kind of stuck out to me was, you know, we talked about in the beginning, we didn't know like how much Ben Charrington was going to be given this year. I mean, we've seen it reported different places that it would top out at like 85 million. We were asking for a hundred million, but the thing I've been thinking about is something you said. I, I don't know how many episodes ago it was. So, I mean, everybody just basically needs to listen to any episode we've ever done. But I remember you saying, like, also, if you have so much money and you have to put it into the team, well, what if you are trying to also acquire players, you know, towards the end of the season and actually need to take on salary? So Ben Sherrington is also, in some ways looking towards that i mean you are yeah because you don't want him to be billy bean in that movie you don't want him to be billy bean trying to get rincon in in moneyball if you remember that scene anybody that watched yeah. it and the billy bean character goes we got to get rincon and and the owner won't give him an extra five hundred thousand dollars because he's already at it up and against his budget so then he has to bluff him and say he's going to use his own money to pay to buy rincon but when he sells him back he gets to keep the profit remember that yeah and then you get yeah that, that that's that whole scene you don't want to be that right you don't. What you really want is you want an owner that gives you a budget at the beginning of the year that you can go to in the middle of the year that you have confidence when you sit there and say, this will improve our team and we really do need to increase our budget. And can you do this? Because, you know, I think of, I think a, an intelligent business person understands that if they put a good product on the field, they increase the value of the team, they make more money, right? I mean, if the Pirates are winning division titles year in and year out, if the Pirates are packing the stadium because they're the place to be 
with exciting young players, and and they're and we're going to playoff series, and we're watching. Okay, either a stadium filled with 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 pirates yellow gold, right? Yeah. Or or just all black, which would be kind of cool, right? And just, yeah. just like and and we're seeing like that kind of scene, like you saw in Philadelphia, and it's the the place. Even if they don't win a title every year, right? They're just in contention. And that Pirates fans are in new it. And they're that now all of a sudden their TV rights are worth more money. Their merchandise is worth more money. They get national attention. They start making more money. They become a much more valuable franchise. They don't need to be in the top five in payroll. They just need to be about middle of the road spending their money right. Unfortunately, this guy wants to be in the bottom third of payroll and thinks he'll make money as a business. He doesn't have the foresight to say, if they build, if I build it, they will come. If I put something on the field that's good, people will show up and I'll make more money. What he wants to do is protect the money that he currently has and enjoy the plaything that he's only investing so much money in every year. This is a, this is a billionaire's toy, okay? And this billionaire doesn't care enough about it. Now, maybe he gets diagnosed with cancer, and then he says, well, I want to win a title before I die. <laughs> and then that's how he starts spending money, right? I mean, like, you laugh at that, but that has happened in Major League Baseball. It's recently. happened already, yeah. It's like, right? it's... I mean, like, that's the, the, think about that. You get these owners that get to the end of their life, and all of a sudden, the, the Tigers have a $400 million payroll for a year or whatever. Like, I mean, like, you see all these weird things that happen where, like, teams are, like, owners are finally like, oh, I've lived my entire life, and I can't take all this money with me and bury it in a pyramid because that didn't work for the Egyptians. So I might as well spend some of it, and they go out, they win a title, Right. <laughs> But unfortunately, Bob Nutting ain't close to death. And so he ain't afraid of it yet. So he's keeping his money. And he's always been the type of guy, Chris, that it's like until he'll like invest in the team. And and I know Ben Charrington even made comments earlier this offseason that, you know, the payroll will grow as as the team improves. Well, I mean, to a degree, that's not how it works. And that's not how it works. I mean, at at some point in time, you have to. I mean, especially after a team made a a 14 game improvement and, and depend, you know, throw away. I always say throw away what happened in, in April and, and people give blowback to that, but just throw that away. But if you made a 14 game improvement, you made an improvement. Like the right. team has improved the payroll, the payroll has to improve at some point in time. I'm just hoping that it's spent in the right places in the right way. We haven't seen it that, you know, thus far this off season, Every single every single move they've made compared to what's happened, you know, in the main market, I, I don't mind because, like I said, if you have a Montas and we got a Gonzalez for however many million dollars less, like thirteen million dollars less, that's that's a good move. Well, that's the thing. The only thing that gives me any kind of confidence, hope, you know, in the middle of all this, is the idea that last year Ben Charrington did an awful lot of dumpster diving and found an awful lot of value. Like he really did. He brought in some guys. He they were performing well. He got he he got some some nice seasons out of players. And on paper, going into the year, you're like, huh, like what is this? How does this help us get any better, right? And and we talked about that last last season. The amount of value that he was able to find in journeymen and and just just major league baseball players that he put in the right position and were being used the right way. And you you have to be able to do that within the the constructs that you're given by this ownership. Like you, you have to be able to do that. But so, I mean, I guess that gives me 
a belief that maybe it will work out, but it's frustrating to see the roster the way the roster is right now. And I think that when, when Pirates fans go to Pirates Fest, they should have they have every right. Like I I've said it before, you need to be you need to be calm during this this build and you need to trust the process. And I again have not decided that there is a problem in the front office. I have a problem though with the team because the owner has now hamstrung the front office. The worst thing that could have happened for the Pirates has happened this offseason. Spending got crazy, especially for pitching. And it's the number one thing that they need. And it got crazy. And and to be honest with you, Martin Perez, Perez should be a four on a good team, and Gonzalez should be a five or a swingman. They're your two and your three right now. And, and, and I'm just going off of how Fangraphs rates them, and I, I can't argue with that. They're your two and your three, and it's not good enough. This team would be lucky to get into the last wild card spot next year. Lucky. Because they don't have the pitching to do it. All right? Like, what you're relying on right now as a Pirates fan is that you get off to a hot start with crappy pitching because you catch lightning in a bottle like you did last year, and that is not guaranteed in any way whatsoever, right? And that somehow one of your young arms, possibly Skeens, is able to come up because he just has another great first half of a year, looks good in spring, and he arrives in the middle of the season and sits all of a sudden atop your rotation and is pitching meaningful games. That's an awful lot of what-ifs and lightning in a bottle that you really shouldn't be banking on. And that and that and that maybe gets you a playoff spot. Okay. Like now look, two years ago, I couldn't come up with a scenario even close to that to get them to the playoffs, <laughs> right? So I mean they are better. But I mean, like, but that's that's unfortunately if it ended today, if that was if this is all they did with the team, it's not enough. You don't have enough pitching on this team. You really don't. You don't have enough arms. You don't have enough arm options. You don't have enough people that I'm feeling like they could show up and they could pitch from the minor leagues. You have too many guys that seem just a little bit too far away from the majors going into this year, okay, that maybe in 2025, and maybe that's why Charrington, maybe that's why Charrington is like, well, you know, we were ahead of schedule last year because he knows he doesn't have the arms until 25. Like, that's, that might, it might be, he might have sat there and looked at this two years ago and said, well, 25, I'll have the arms, and we'll be a team that would start winning and stuff like that. And they, they had this first half of last year, and he's like, crap. I can't go get pitching for this. How am I going to fix this problem? So he's trying to piece it together by trying to find valuable deals for guys in the rotation, which is why I still think that there's more guys that are going to get signed, but you're not. You're going to have to wait and see who's left over after Major League Baseball and those that have money have picked through the starting pitchers that they want. That, I mean, it sucks, but that's what's happening. You're watching the rich kids take all the toys they want. They're going to leave you some crappy toys. They're going to take all the toys that you want. And you're going to have to find a toy with a broken wheel and say, wait, I got a wheel and a drawer over here. I think I can make it look just like new. And that's unfortunately what Pittsburgh Pirates offseason pitching shopping is right now. That's what it is. And it's so, been a slow offseason, though, Chris, too. I mean, you, you, can't agree, you can't disagree with that. I mean, we are sitting here recording on, at, what is it, 639. Because we recorded a little bit later today because, you know, we every single time we record earlier in the day, news breaks. So recording a little bit earlier here, you know, on January 2nd. But it, there's a lot of players that haven't been signed. And it's not like saying, you know, 
you know, Ben Sherrington, kudos to you for waiting or or making the excuse. But I mean, I looked there and somebody put a, a joke or a meme out there that the that the Chicago Cubs have have hired more coaches because I think they hired a new like director of player development or something. So they've hired more coaches than they they have signed players. But at some point in time, you do have to put your foot down. I mean, I'll be there at, at Pirates Fest. I'm going for the main reason I go to Pirates Fest. And it was the reason why I kind of started doing this podcast is because my, my kids enjoy it. If my kids didn't enjoy baseball, I mean, I don't know if I could talk about it. I'd probably be like more involved in like, I don't know if my kids got into basketball and they're cheering for the NBA or something, but I'm taking them there because they enjoy that type of stuff. But man, the Q and a, cause you know that at least Shelton's going to be there. It hasn't been announced yet, but you would think for the, they give the open Q and a, they said it's back. I would, you would have to think that Travis Williams and Ben Sherrington would be there. And I'm hoping somebody asks, just like, don't like ask it. I, you can ask it angrily, but just ask a very intelligent question to him. Basically saying, you know, you said you were going to attack this off season. You said that there was going to be shopping in a different aisle. You said that, you know, it, we're moving forward. We're looking shopping towards in a aisle. shopping in a different aisle has to be said in the question because it's yeah. not a different aisle. When he sits there and he says, yeah, I, I did shop in a different aisle. We're like, really? Did you? <laughs> Or, or even just like that we're gaining, we're going towards 84 wins. Yeah. Do you think you've added players to your team that will get you eight wins without a hope and a prayer? Or like you talked about in a previous episode, Chris, like threading that needle, the thinnest of needles to be able to get to that. Like, can that happen? Yes. But you would like to see moves that were made that would at least make that look more plausible or more like a guarantee that they are improving. So here's, here's a thing that you might hear at pirates fest in a response. Even you might hear it in there is that we have more pitching than we're getting credit for. That might be what he does. He might sit there and tell you that Jared Jones is, is coming, right? He may, he may sit there and tell you that Paul schemes is coming. He may sit there and tell you that, uh, that, that like, Look, we, we're putting guys in there so that we have players, but we expect these guys to take the next step. And so it's not as bleak as you're making it out to be because these are, these are guys that you need to start, you know, thinking about. Again, though, this is why he felt like he was ahead of schedule last year, right? You take Skeens and Jones and you take Solomato and you – you look at them in, in the in the prism of 2025, and you sit there and you go, oh, okay, hold on a second. We just need to fill in that back end of the rotation or that middle of the rotation. We need to just get some professional pitchers that we know are going to eat up 200 innings because we, we, we think we got something now. We think, we're, we think we're bringing in some arms and things like that because that's really where we're behind. But I think I go back to something that I've said so many times on this show, pitching is such a volatile thing. Those are three guys in the MLB top 100 prospects list, and one of them will probably be a starter that sits somewhere between one and three in a rotation. One of them. Okay. If you're lucky. Another one might be a bottom rotation guy, and the other guy ain't going to make it. Okay? That's just the law of averages and how it works when you look at prospects. Okay? Now, now trust me. I'm excited about schemes. I am. If I were the Pirates, I'd be talking about them constantly at Pirates Fest. 
Right? <laughs> like, would you? Like, I'd be talking. His about his poster is probably going to be everywhere. I, I I would be surprised if he was. He should be there. He he's going to be he's going to be the thing they're going to try to sell you because they need to sell hope and they don't have the big pitcher. So they're going to try to sell you him, and it's unfortunate for him because it's an awful lot of pressure on a 21-year-old kid, okay? But, I mean, like, he's going to start feeling the hype here somewhere. You've, you've got a guy who – and I, I pulled up this because we mentioned the fantasy baseball thing, and I'm convinced you have the number one overall pick in our draft this year in our dynasty draft. And for some I, reason, I always do. Right. I always and, and do. You always do because you're the worst team, right? And <laughs> I had a debate with somebody in our league just yesterday. I'm not even kidding. Who, who like I sent out a thing like send in your league dues and he sent in his dues and he was like number one overall pick is Skeens right to Yinsplosion like he was just laughing he was like it's going it's going to Craig's team he's gonna pick Skeens and I was like I don't know I would take the more proven Yamamoto who's like gonna be with the Dodgers in fantasy as my pitcher right but you're right it'll probably be Skeens we all know that's who you're picking Craig well the right? funny thing is Chris picking, I've had I dude I've had at least uh a minimum of five offers for that number one pick because we can trade draft picks in our thing, which is one of the most brilliant things that, that is. Well, part what you of should that. be doing, what you should be doing, is you should be trying to just trade back to one or two spots because I don't think anybody else is taking schemes number one overall. You are, like that's what I think. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> I, I probably am. <laughs>